See this? This is my boomstick! got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. And Jack left town. Oh my gosh, we are back on air. The slow robot army cannot be stopped. Uh, my name is Mal. This is, of course, the long-running Slow Robot A Go-Go B-Movie Review Podcast. Um, here gonna got an interesting in- entry in this week's uh, ever-growing list of insanity. But I'll start out with the usual... What I watched this week, um, I just started a PBS series about superheroes, which is obviously growing my superhero knowledge exponentially, as I know next to nothing about them other than the Marvel movies are a runaway freight train, but I have not watched enough of them to uh, discuss as of yet, so I'll wait on that one. So this week, I started off with watching one, <clears throat> this is a new movie that popped up on the uh, streaming network. Um, and Anon, A N O N. It's from 2018. It's a uh, it, it's a it's a future world, you know, super technology, all that kind of stuff. Uh, very interesting. It's almost like a noir. It had like a noir feel to it, even though it was in the the sci-fi. Like you know, you know, the future is like almost like Blade Runner, except not as crappy, where everything is kind of like real you know, old-fashioned and, and set. looks like it's from the 50s, but it's really from the 2000s, and who knows? Yeah, well, that's what it was. Um, stars Clive Owen, which, uh, he was the main, like, the main detective, you know, and and this is, like, kind of, uh, and I liked him from Shoot 'Em Up, which I know was not a very huge, most people didn't like Shoot 'Em Up very much. I thought it was a very funny, uh, homage to insanity. Uh, so I so I actually kind of like him a little bit, you know, and he doesn't disappoint in this movie. Um, it's it's an interesting like he's a detective and like everything is so connected. Uh, everything that people see is just uploaded to a mainframe kind of thing. It's really an interesting concept. And then of course he there's somebody committing murders that is like hacking into people's. Um, you know, into people's visions and restoring, like, a uh, little bit of anarchy into this overgrown world of uh, overgrown technology, you know. Uh, I, I, I liked it quite a bit. If you like sci-fi movies, you would definitely like this movie. Um, I'm trying to see if it was, if it did get a release, because um, I sure as heck don't remember this um, being out. Let's see if this is a TV. No, this is, yeah, it's had a theatrical release. Um... But it, it's a very interesting watch, and it, and it is actually kind of thought-provoking as far as, you know, we right now with the explosion of of, of social media and and we're, we're it's in our infancy with the internet, with the with connectivity, and you know, uh, technology continues to push forward, and we are constantly, I want I don't want to say reviewing, but we're constantly not sure where it's going to go, not sure how far is too far, you know, once it's turned on, you can't turn it off, kind of thing. Like Skynet, oh, our robot overlords. When are you coming? Um, but it was, you know, I would definitely, especially streaming. Why not? So make sure you go and check out Anon, you know, Anonymous, Anon, yeah, that kind of thing. 
but uh, very definitely, definitely a good thing. Uh, what else did I watch? Then I watched uh, Star Trek. You know the uh, the reboot, the first reboot Star Trek. Uh, very obviously, I really, I really like the, you know, really like the the Star Trek reboot. I was really worried about it, but the, you know, Chris Pine, the cast that they got for those for the reboot has been just phenomenal. I mean, honestly, they couldn't be any better. I was worried about uh, Skyler from Heroes being Spock, but he is dead on. And uh, you know, I just that's one I can watch over and over again. I'll probably end up watching Star Trek Two at some point just because uh, why not? And then I watched a documentary on Tesla, which I believe I saw before. But you know, once you're in too far, man, there's no turning back. What can I tell you? And then uh, let's see. Then I watched National Treasure One and Two. Uh, these are just some classic kind of turn your brain off, enjoy the moments, and watch the movies. Uh, they're obviously absurd with some of the stuff they do, uh, but I don't know. Nicolas Cage is one, he's one of those actors. He's so over the top and at 11 all the time. You don't know. I mean, I know he's been basically saying yes to every movie in the history of, of uh, scripts. Any script that gets thrown at him or thrown away in front of him, he does the movie because his he loves to buy dinosaur bones and castles, so he's always out. He always needs money. Um... They sure did leave a nice teaser for for National Treasure 3, which I'm sure Disney will cash that register in sooner rather than later. Uh, then uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Again, another rewatch. I've watched that one numerous times. That's, uh, that would, that's one I very much enjoy. You know, as a side hobby, side projects, I always do the... Um, I, I work on old pinball machines or I work on old arcade machines. And they do have... There is the stuff out there to make Wreck-It Ralph machines and I really actually think that's going to be one I do create um, to sit. I have a Nintendo Play Choice which is like the arcade version of a Nintendo that you know you, you can choose different games and play them and so that it's it's a fun Nintendo. I'm a pretty, a pretty big Nintendo fanboy so I think I'm going to actually build the blue cabinet Wreck-It Ralph at some point in my life. It's not difficult it's just you have to put the time in you know so, what can I say? There's some good movies. Um, nothing really was disappointing to th this week, you know. I haven't watched... I've been watching a lot of Rift Tracks, and I've been watching a lot of uh, Mystery Science Theater, but those are kind of don't count as uh, movies. Um, you know, I, for some reason, that Rift Tracks have the... What's that? Rock and Roll Nightmare, which is, you know... I, that Mike, Michael... What's his name? Some Michael Thomas Thor or something like that. I can't remember what his full name is. He's the Canadian bodybuilder guy. Boy, his movies are hilariously bad. I, 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 I can watch them over and over again. But uh, I digress. All right, so that's all I watched this week. I will probably um, be talking a little bit more about that uh, PBS series that I'm watching because it is very informative. In fact, one part of it, they, they, one of the guys that was talking was uh, he... He did some really crazy, odd stuff with the, um, what was it, not Dark, Strange Comics, something like that. He did the Doctor Strange in the 60s, and they were showing his work about how, how trippy and crazy he was, like, as far as, you know, just doing pages without words and, and all this really interesting art, you know, so the art style that this guy was, you know, was using... Had never, not never been seen before, but he was really pushing the envelope and really, 
you know, they described him as the Jimi Hendrix of comic books, which is always an that's an always a, a nice way of uh, saying somebody's really out there and really talented. Which made me want to go find those first doc those not first made me want to go find those Doctor Strange ones from the 60s because I really wanted to look at some of this stuff. They were the stuff out they were showing on the on the uh, documentary was really incredible. You know, like where it, you know even one of his pages like you had to actually move the page physically move the page as you wanted to follow the story along because he he changed the aspects or changed like where you're supposed to be reading it from so uh that kind of stuff is very interesting so i think i might try and find some of that somewhere i don't know where i'd even begin to look i know i'm not gonna look on ebay because collectible million dollars so i'll just find a uh you know a pdf version of it for nothing and look at that because i'm not a collector i just want to look at something but uh okay well again i'll probably delve more into that or maybe i'll guest star on the uh, sister podcast, Two Dimension Podcast, and I can uh, talk with King Don, who will know everything about all that stuff, and I will know zero, and I'll feel dumb. All right, well, here's a trailer break, and then we come back. This week's movie, yeah, that's right, we're going to the Canon Library. Can you imagine it? Yes, you can. You know, anytime that that Canon logo pops up, you're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a casserole of nonsense. All right, here's some trailers, and I'll be right back. Hey, hey, it's your old pal Krusty for my new pork sandwich, the Clogger. If you can find a greasier sandwich, you're in Mexico. <laughs> Don't answer that doorbell unless you're ready for a lovely young package of trouble. Hi, I'm Candy Wilson, the babysitter. The babysitter. She came to sit with baby and ended up with daddy. And now together for the first time, two motion pictures that spell double trouble. The Babysitter and Weekend with the Babysitter. Two different babysitters, two different stories, right out of your own living room. Only the names have been changed to protect the guilty. Candy, you don't think that I would... I'm old enough to be... Mr. Maxwell, you're old enough to do anything you want to do. They're here back to back. Don't miss The Babysitter and Weekend with the Babysitter. A double-barreled film experience that hits home. Perhaps your home. Right now, you're all that life is. That's what I said. Right now. A Crown International Release rated R. 20th Century Fox has brought you all kinds of movies. But 20th Century Fox has never before brought you anything like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is wonderfully weird. <laughs> it's fabulously freaky. We are ready for the floor show. The story is strange. I knew he was in with a bad crowd, but it was worse than I imagined. The songs are super. <laughs> the cast is completely crazy. <laughs> oh, Rocky! See the Rocky Horror Picture Show, rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. Stay back, I got a chainsaw! It's just a farmhouse and looks pretty innocent from the road. But once you're inside, you'll see what really happens on a terror farm. Invasion of the Blood Farmers. 
Coming in the dead of night, coming to plant the living and harvest the dead. Are you strong enough? More raw terror, more stomach-turning shock than you can take. Therefore, we warn you. Don't eat before you see invasion of the blood farmers, and you'll have nothing to lose. They plant the living and harvest the dead. Invasion of the Blood Farmers, released by NMD Films, in color, rated PG, parental guidance suggested. You heard Marsalis through Tony Rocky Hard at a four-story window for giving me a foot massage? Mm -hmm. Can you believe that? Well, I mean, the time I was told it sounded reasonable. Marsalis throwing Tony out of a four-story window for massaging my feet seemed reasonable. No, it seemed excessive, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. All right, we are back. And remember, if you can find a greasier sandwich, you're in Mexico. All right, this week's movie, like I said, brought to you by Canon, one of my favorites. Whenever I see that, this, although the Canon logo did something funky in the beginning of this one, which it kind of like went together, like how it does that locking thing. But then it, like, went apart and kind of flew out at me. I was like, this didn't get released in 3D, did it? God help us all if it did. It didn't. All right, so I'm talking about Rockula from 1990. And if you want to see something that was filmed in the 80s but released in the 90s, watch Rockula because, oh, my God. This, I'm going to just, I'm going to talk about this. I'm not going to go scene for scene so much because there's no point in going scene for scene with uh, 1990s Rockula. I saw the, the the title popped up, and I was like, "Well, I'm gonna watch this." And the, you know, this is now that uh, now that Amazon Prime and Netflix are starting to realize who they're trying to present movies to and fighting over my attention. They're they're starting to figure out what's gonna get the click. And um, I forget which one did it, but boy, they nailed they hit the nail on the head with Rockula. So this is uh, a canon film. It's this is like starring Dean Cameron. Do you know who Dean Cameron is? Cameron is? No, me either. He's one of those guys that you you see him and you're like, what do I know that guy from? How would I know him? And you're like, oh, he's just like one of those guys. He's been probably 400 movies or something crazy. No, not like that. Maybe like 100 movies. And he's just one of those that's kind of like in the background, or he's the guy that gets a soda for the boss, or something weird like that. So you, you, you know his face but you don't know why you would know his face. And then it then it just packs in all this other, like, Tony Basil, you know, oh, Mickey, you're so fine, that girl, she's there. Thomas Dolby's in this, not doing a soundtrack, no. Thomas Dolby's being, like, an actor. And then you go, oh, I see why Thomas Dolby's never been an actor before, or since, because he's not one. And then uh, there's, like, a, a girl, like, very 80s, like... She looks like she should be on the hood of a Ferrari in a Poison video. Yeah, her name is Tawny Ferree, F-E-R-E, Ferree, Ferree, I don't know. Uh, so she plays Mona. So, you know, Dean Cameron plays Ralph, and he's, the love of his life is Tawny Ferree, which is Mona. And then who else? Oh, Bo Diddley's in this. Bo Diddley's wearing spandex in this, in this at one point, and you're like, stop doing this to Bo Diddley. Uh... It was scary. Tony Cox is in this. I don't know who else. There's a bunch of people. There's a lot of, like, a lot of cameo roles of people that you're like, oh, there's that guy, you know, those are, that's probably a group or something, but you know, who cares? 
the long story short is uh, Dean Cameron, uh, you know, uh, the Rockula guy, Ralph. His name is Ralph in this movie, but this was, I swear this was made as like a vehicle for him. He he was like this was just all encompassing like he was talking to himself in a mirror and the mirror because he's a vampire Rockula wasn't he the guy was reacting to him but because he wasn't like a reflection he was another person he was himself so he was answering himself with these weird quippy things and and trying to do that and, and then he was he became a rock star along the way and then he would be a rap star then he was like an Elvis impersonator then he was like this was I think that he signed on with this and he was like you know what this is gonna be my breakout role and in 1990 if this would have been um, uh, uh, Jim Carrey this movie would have been completely different <laughs> I will touch more on that later cause I'm not you know, well, I'll talk I'll talk, I'll talk about it more later so the long and short of it is he's he's a vampire but he's a virgin uh oh what's that about well back about a hundred no, hundreds of years ago I keep these saying I think they said like 400 years something like that uh, can't be that late who cares the love of his life he was in love with a, w a woman who was also dating a pirate with a ruby peg leg this comes up a lot and she gets murdered so every 22 years he is given an opportunity Ralph the vampire Ralph is given an opportunity to save the love of his life and then you know the breaking free of this curse and his mom Ralph's mom Dean Cameron's mom is Tony Basil oh Mickey you're so fine she's playing an Elvira style um, vampire mom she really she of all the actors and all the stuff that goes on in this movie she was my favorite part and she does a musical number and you can tell that she is a very good dancer because she's doing these twirls and spins and stuff like that in this one music number and uh i was like oh she's really talented why did she only have one song i don't know it doesn't matter but so you could tell she was really having fun and she was doing she did very well at this role and, and you know her, she, her, she was inspired by Elvira, Elvira and basically playing Elvira um, and these vampires just walked around in the sunlight they didn't didn't they just put on sunblock and that's all you know they also had the fangs nobody made mention of the fangs like if you walked up to somebody and they had, they had vampire fangs coming out wouldn't you be like why do you have those fangs yeah, I mean like like literally you'd look at me like you're funny looking why you got those fangs on? nobody said anything to them so anyway, so now it's the, now we're here to witness this iteration of the 22 years where she appears on Friday the 13th, Halloween night. That's the shtick. And she, he has like four days or three days to, to woo said gal and break the curse and not be a, ro a, a vampire. I almost said robot. Not be a vampire uh, uh, virgin anymore. You following with me? Good. Because I'm not going to say it gets weirder. It just kind of keeps doing things anyway so he runs into Mona again uh oh this time she almost hits him with a car because he's having this existential crisis he's arguing with himself in the mirror and the mirror's arguing back he's like this this iteration I'm not doing it I'm just gonna stay in here and I'm gonna lock myself up I'm not I'm just not gonna even bother with it anymore 
because he's seen his the love of his life get murdered, you know, over and over and over again, like you know, 1857, then 22 years later, 22 years later, 22 years later, which he alludes to when he finally tells her the whole story. Uh, so then, you know, so basically now he's he's like, okay, he he levels with her that he that or I mean, he decides he's not gonna, you know, pursue Mona this iteration. He's just gonna let it go. Uh, but then he has, uh, then he goes outside and almost gets hit by, or he does get hit by her car, and his hat falls off, a very weird hat, and then he runs, and he's like, oh, Mona, and he's like, and she's like, how'd you know my name, and he's like, later, and he, so he runs away, and he goes to this bar, where, that's where Bo Diddley's playing, and he's like, oh, he's telling this story, and then Bo Diddley's like, oh, man, that guy really has the blues, wah, wah, so, funny time there, and then he, um, Oh, you know who else? Yeah, you know who else is in this movie, as his as uh, Tony Basil's uh, boyfriend, the bad guy from Over the Top. And if you don't know what Over the Top is, you should rent that immediately. That's a Sylvester Stallone uh, kid movie where he's his he's a truck driver who drives around and arm wrestles. And the bad guy in this arm wrestling thing plays the boyfriend in this one. Uh, and I went, oh my god. Could not believe it. Uh, but yeah, so cameo with that one. That was great. Um, where was I? Oh, yeah, so now he said, I'm not going to do anything. He leaves. And then the girlfriend's like, oh, but I'm going to... Uh, the, then Mona is like, that was weird. That guy was pretty cute. And, and then, you know, everyone else is like, you're weird. So she's basically like, oh, then, then he finds out she's in a band. I don't know. I don't remember how. It doesn't really matter. So now he's wandering around L.A. going, oh, do you know this girl from a band? And everyone's kind of laughing at him or whatever. But then he finds her. Uh-oh, love at first sight again. So now he's like, well, I'm, and he runs away. And then he's like, oh, I'll tell her. I told her I was in a band, so I'll form a band. And then her, then so then him and Bo Diddley and the bartender, who I'm, I didn't recognize the bartender, um, but she was obviously some, I mean, I mean, everyone's somebody, but she was probably a... a Played by uh, a, a not a famous, but somebody that's known. But I just didn't I didn't recognize her. Um, so what's her name? Susan Tyrell. Oh, she's dead. Weird. Huh. Uh, she died at the age of 67. So basically, Susan Tyrell was in um, Cry Baby and Bad and Forbidden Zone. And okay, so yeah, she's kind of probably just a. Uh, I don't know why I didn't recognize. Her. It doesn't matter. So. So now they're doing... That's how he's like... He says, oh, and he goes to Club Hell. That's where they all hang out. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. And they, and so he's playing... First he's playing a, ra a rock thing. And everyone loves him. Oh my God, they go crazy. Like, he's the best band in the world. And she's like, oh, I really like your mu your music. And he's like, oh. So they start dating, kind of. But then that's when Thomas Dolby... Blinded me with science, Thomas Dolby. Who was kind of the boyfriend of her, but not really. Uh-oh. Well, then he becomes the guy who's going to kill her this iteration with the, the pirate with the wooden leg because on, thang, on Thanksgiving, on Halloween, he's going to dress up like a pirate with a peg leg and he's going to kill her with a ham bone because that's the way it happens every time. I don't make this stuff up. It's just written. Somebody wrote this on paper, everyone. So basically, you know, they start dating and then he tells her the story about how they've done this numerous times and she says, ha, 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 you're crazy and runs away. But then, like, he turns into this... He doesn't turn into a bat. He turns into this little weird thing. 
I didn't understand why they did it. I think it was for yucks, but it didn't hit. It was kind of like, uh, okay, whatever. So now, yuck town's over, and then he's like, oh, okay. So then she's like, okay, I guess I kind of believe you. And then she, then he, then they do a rap, and this is like, okay, this is late 80s rap. Everyone's wearing, like, those Speedo onesies, and he's just saying word to your mother, and he, like, he has the gold, and he's doing that, like, where they cross their hands and do the frumpy thing. I think it was like, you know, I did it all the time. You're like, oh. And this is where you're like, oh, no, this guy's really going for it, and it's not going. And that's where I was like, if Jim Carrey would have sunk his teeth into this, eh, could it have been, the, you know, like a breakout? Maybe. Not calling out Cameron, but or Dean Cameron, but ah, the, the choice... Would it went if it would have went with a different direction? Might have this might have been a bigger hit? I don't know. I never heard of this before. So it just doesn't really matter. Um, so then you know shenanigans ensues. Uh, it turns out that Tony Basil was also the the ex boyfriend uh, Thomas Dolby's fortune teller, and he was she was the one kind of orchestrating this whole thing, and she had in the past too. So like. She didn't want to lose her son, so she's been continuing this whole plot. That's kind of like they back up the 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 exposition dump truck and like just kind of dump that on you in the end, the middle of the third act, and you're like, too late for this. I don't need this. We didn't. Nobody needs this. We didn't want this. Uh, you know, it's like if you if the waiter forgets your French fries and then you eat your meal, and then he's like, oh my god, and he comes out with a whole big plate of French fries at like at, at the end of the meal, and you're like, I don't I don't, I don't want these fries now. I'm, I'm full from the rest of the movie. I can't eat this. These I can't eat this portion of the movie. So, so, but okay. So then he's like, "Oh, it's okay, mom." And then they have this duel, and they freeze Thomas Dolby in this chamber, which there was a funny part where Thomas Dolby kept on making these commercials for like Deadlands coffins and stuff like that. And it was the, these are supposed to be like infomercials for the newest technologies in coffins. They were okay, cheese ball, but okay, you know. Uh, and that is obviously the main course of this movie is total cheese ball. So, freezes the girl, or freezes the bad guy, wins the girl, spell's broken. Kind of the end. I'm sure there was a dance number or something like that that sent it off. It was a fun movie. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where, and I, li- I like canon movies. Canon was responsible for some of the dumbest things ever put on film. And I love every minute of it, you know. It's kind of like one of those things where it was always one of the Globuses running around doing something. I think this was, I'm sure that was, you know, he was on there somewhere. Let me see. I can see if I can look it up. One more writing credit or producing credit. Who knows? Uh, no. Huh. There had to be a Globus somewhere. Oh, there it is. Yep. Executive producer. Uh, Yoram Globus. And, you know, they, that they churned out some of the worst goofball movies, but they weren't, like, trauma bad. They weren't winking at themselves and, oh, you know, they were, like, like, I don't want to say a higher class of bad movie. They were always competently made. They were always funny. Not funny funny, but, like, they were always fun to watch. You put on almost any canon movie at a party where people are drinking or whatever, and it's going to be not a hit, but it'll be, you'll see people laughing or riffing on it or making fun of it. And this is no different, you know. You have all these guys. Uh, you see Bo Diddley in a, in a gold spandex for some reason, you know. And that was like okay. 
so just for that alone uh, is worth it. You know, so I, over the overall, I'm gonna I'd say I would say definitely see it if you haven't. I'd never heard of this movie before. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, this one clocks in at like a seven for me. It, it's just stupid. It's not horror. It's 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 like a PG. I think it's the PG-13 rating. Uh, yeah, it's, yes, it is PG-13. So you know, there's no nudity. There's no ultra violence. It's not one of those gore fests which. You can keep that most of the time. I don't need that ever again. Uh, you know, the, the super gory, gross movies, you're like, nah, I don't need that. Um, maybe we should start, a, like, a, a GoFundMe or some kind of a Canon... Uh, Canon... Uh, uh, that Criterion releases all of Canon stuff in there, like, super, you know, super high-def or super Blu-ray uh, treatments. I don't think they would go for it, though, do you? No, of course not. Uh, they they would they would not do that, but we could try. Hey, it's worth it. You know, hashtag bring back canon. I don't know. And since I'm all about like you know sharing knowledge, I, I I'll look up the uh, canon. Let's see, ceased operations, film library acquired by Warner Brothers and G MGM. Huh, interesting. So it was founded in 1967. Um, and then it went for t it was and it oh 94. This was when it was circling the drain. Wow. So uh, there you have it. There's all different kinds of people. Uh, you know, it's been... Uh, so it's already been bought up. I don't think we're going to see the canon uh, uh, movies. Uh, let's see. List of canon fil group films. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, let's see if I can find a easier one that says pictures. I always like the pictures. Let's see. Life Force. Break into Electric Boogaloo. Oh man, Cyborg, which was just this horrible this Van Damme movie that I loved. Um, Revenge of the Ninja. That they had a lot of those Chuck Norris things. They had the the 1985 uh, Invasion USA, American Ninja, Delta Force. Ah, uh, oh, oh my God, that matches the universe with uh, Dolph Lundgren. Oh man, uh, Ninja Domination, Ninja Three: The Domination. See. We've done all, we've done so many of these guys' movies. Uh, Cobra's in there. Let's see if what's his name's in there. I bet you he is. I bet you the over the top. Ender the Ninja. Yep, over the top, right there, 1987. Bang. Oh, but they did not see they did the. Uh, okay, well enough of that. So, yay for Canon. I miss I miss you, Canon. Come back soon. Alright, that's going to be it for this week. I'm going to drop in uh, another Kung Fu blast from the past from some, from our Kung Fu library. And I hope you've enjoyed, you know, our Rockula spectacular. Go out and see it. Go out and, I don't know if you can rent it or buy it. I, don't know, I wouldn't suggest buying it. But if you have a streaming service, go out and stream it. That's worth it. And, uh, alright, I'll see you next week, everyone. Thanks for listening. Here is some Kung Fu Insanity. <laughs> Heck, we talk all the time. Hey, we're back. Another week has passed.
Has it, it really? Wow, time really flies. Time really flies. Or it this flies. Is, this is Kung Fu Theater Show Zero Zero Six. Can you Already believe it? six of them? Yup. Wow. wow, were you hit yet with all the you know millennials? All the youngsters, yes. No. All the hipsters with the big beards I and think, the glasses. I don't think we're going to be big with millennials. I think we're going to be uh, big with the Z generation, the last generation, you know. Yeah, yeah, those, yeah, those yeah. kids that are three years old and have iPads and stuff now. Yep, them. You know, hey, here's a question. Since, <laughs> since we're not going to be doing talking about a movie in this show, we're just going to be rapping <laughs> about... Uh, yes. I was, from That's a word from my generation, but uh, and I'm, we're talking about my generation. Now, did, did the... Um, Kung Fu started coming in, been to the U.S. in the late in the early 70s. You know, I'm a little bit older than you. You're, you're Gen X, dude. How did you find... How, I mean, was there like in your town, was there like a... Kung Fu show on TV or oh, was the same it? stuff. Saturday, like, like those. They still had like a Kung Fu quote unquote theater, like on kinda. Saturday afternoon. Yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. Like a Saturday still afternoon. Playing in every, the 80s or the late 70s. Yeah, every now and then, one would pop up. It, um, because that's the other thing. Oh, by the way, my name is Mal. With me as always, Doctor Morbius from Parts Unknown, and this is of course Kung Fu Theater. Um, one of the things that's kind of Kung Fu movies kind of goes through ebbs and flow, uh, ebbs and flows, but. There, it's always kind of a cool subculture. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like almost like Godzilla or almost like B movies. It's hip to be cool. Like hmm. those that know it, like find the stuff. You know, um, anime wishes it was like kung fu. I think where it, I kind of wishes it's it is popular, but I don't think it's as like culturally accepted as hmm. you know kung fu fighting is always kind of cool. You know, the movies even people that don't like it go, oh, it's one of those kung fu movies, and there's lots of craziness. So I. I it's always on TV at some point. In the 80s, it wasn't as much as like the 70s when it was kind of... Uh, well, yeah. It hit in the 70s, so it was like... But it was still there in the 80s, but I, I mean, I don't know when it just fizzled right. away. Right, it, it fizzled away a little bit in the 80s, but then it came back, and it, you know, it's always... Then rappers started liking kung fu movies, so that brought it back. And I figured out why, because if you watch some of these movies, like specifically Bruce Kung Fu Girls, all the bla- all the black exploitation movies that they're stealing... Is in there, you know. I mean, oh, there's yeah. probably a bunch of other ones. So you're going like, well, yeah, that's why they're hearing like, you know, Joe Tex or Barry White or Stevie Wonder or some funk or whatever in the soundtracks. They're going mm. like, hey, man, this is cool. Plus, like, well, I mean, when I was a kid in the '70s, I remember when like kids started getting chucks and stuff like that, and see them like hitting hitting their heads with these things in the parking lots or whatever. So it was a big, it was a big influence. Fa- yeah. It was a big phase, a craze or whatever, but. To me, if I remember correctly, it started with Bruce Lee, and when he died, it kept going, but it it just fizzled out. To me, it seems like in the early '80s or whatever, because there weren't that many kung fu movies in the theaters. Anymore. Well, what was happening is it it changed. At first, kung fu movies were kind of like the grindhouse stuff, but, sure. but then it changed to like Hollywood produced grindhouse, which is never makes it. it never it never looks right. It's like fake, you know. Oh, I mean Tarantino, sorta, but like. Well, without the millions of dollars backing it, but I mean, like the um, that's where you start getting like American Ninja and oh, Enter the Ninja, End of the Ninja, stuff like that, where you're like, eh, it's the same feel, and but it's yeah. just like li- missing something. It's missing its soul, you know. Yeah, to, to me, it's like the Ninja movies were more like the Gen X things, as they came out in the '80s after right. Enter the Ninja, yeah, and people started watching these cheesy Ninja movies, and they played. I'm sure they played in theaters, and they were funny. They were They're good. Fun. I mean, they they, fun. they were funny, but they were almost like, like I said, missing something. You know, when you, when yeah. you, when you're, like you, when you're watching that kind of stuff, you're like, oh, you know, 
the 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 older stuff was had a it was certain the original. look it's and like classic feel. Rock. Yeah, like it had a, it had, and it had like that. The production values were very the same. Like they always had like the chalk on their feet to make kicks pop. Like that's how they like they put the the chalk on their feet and hands to make the punches look exploding and stuff. They had like so many cool things that they built into their stuff. They discovered it. They that was their trope that they made to get more out of nothing. So then it transitions into American cinema and it's just like, eh, throw more money at it. You know, and then it, yeah, you know, it's not you're you're not. Well, making, yeah, then you started getting Seagal in the eighties and the Van Damme. That the, what's that Mark Mark something? There was a, Mark Dacascus and uh, there was a Jeff uh, Speakman. Yeah, the, Jeff Speakman, the the hard, the hard to kill or hard to hit yeah, or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, hard to. And hit. although I loved Van Damme, oh, obviously I loved Van Damme. Seagal, I liked before I found out who he was. Um, it's that's of my generation, and I like those, but those aren't kung fu movies that's like action in was the ultimate weapon that's the one the ultimate weapon right i couldn't think of it either i'm like ah oh, what's that guy's name and of, you course, know? and of course let's not forget jim kata <laughs> Let, let's not forget which that. may be one of our movies i thought we point. did jim kata no no I don't think uh, we how, could, how could we have avoided jim kata this long i think we did the sequel karastic <laughs> Sure anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what it, that you're right. That's what it morphed into. Yeah, just action movies. But yeah. it, but then it was so infused that it just and looked, confused and, and and yeah, it's kung fu fusion. And diffused. So, but yeah, yeah, you sort of get Seagal and Van Damme and uh, you know some of the other guys. Uh, Jet yeah. Li later on came back and kind of brought it back again. Of course. Yeah. Lest we forget Jackie Chan, who was almost oh, revived it by himself. Basically. I know he did well, revive it by himself. Jackie Chan, I have great admiration for Jackie Chan. I think really highly of him as a person and a, and as a, a performer and a martial artist. You know, uh, his movies, he's he he really has a certain he like he's funny. He's a funny guy. He likes like slapstick comedy. You know, and it comes through in all of his movies. Um, he never to me he never came across as being like a gritty. Violent stuntman yeah. comedian. Yeah, comedian. He was very funny, and that's cool. But I also I actually kind of like when sometimes when they're a little bit mean. You know, uh, I, I often said the best Van Damme roles was when he plays a bad guy, and he's yeah. a bad guy. He's yeah. a you know he likes to be funny and goof around, but when he's on screen as the vicious, hate filled d- destroyer of worlds, he's good. No, no, no. On the other hand, I do remember back in the eighties when VHS came into play. There was a lot of kung fu movies put out on VHS. <laughs> Remember home video back in the early 80s? Yeah, that little tape, that, yeah, which joking. I still have a lot of. Millennials. But, yeah, Gen X. <laughs> Go ahead. But um, who gave birth to millennials. Gen X. Uh, <laughs> I know what a VCR is. I'm a Gen X. Yeah, 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 those things. <laughs> yeah. That brought it, that really did bring it back. I, I completely forgot about it because my friend was getting hundreds of those things. So that, br- oh, that those did must bring back. expensive. He got them towards the end of the video, right? Ah, when the good. VHS was dying, he got them for five bucks a piece. But um, yeah, that's when a lot of the stuff started getting re- replayed again, and other other more obscure ones that weren't in the theater started getting, and then it just never died because, like you said, mm. when dollar DVD came out and cheap DVD, like all these collections or whatever, rip so it, really, rip it, you know, it really never goes away. But it just, but that, but they go back to the earlier ones and even into the early '80s ones. But you're right, like in the '80s and '90s. The, the the American market just morphed it into something corporate yeah. and more... And that's... Uh, the video craze, when you're touching on that, that makes sense because that's where we also get all this confusion. 
because they just rename stuff yes. left and right. There, some of these titles that we do have four and five names. It's just... As all good movies should have. It's just a mess. A confusing mess of, huh? Like, some, I'm, I, I myself have gotten two different movies thinking, and they're the same movie, and you're like, oh. There's two Lady Whirlwinds. I think they're both different movies, you know? I, know there's, I think there's another Lady Whirlwind that isn't the uh, Angela Ma, but it might be that one that was talking about Lady Whirlwind and, uh, and the Rangers. Yeah. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, yeah, there's all sorts of like, uh, you know, and there's a lot of Bruce Lee guys Bruce Lai, Bruce Lev, oh Bruce this, Bruce that, you know. So that was, that's the other subgenre, the clones of Bruce Lee, as they call it. You know, the guys that look like them. And so sad. I, no, we'll be doing a lot of those. Those are like right in my wheelhouse, man. We'll be doing a lot of the clones. Those are, wow. That's a great genre, dude. I don't know. I love that. Yeah, stuff. I mean, I know what you're saying, but it's like, wow. My, my favorite name was Elton Chong. We'll be doing an Elton Chong movie at some point. Of course we are. Carter Wong was pretty cool. And, uh, <laughs> Dragon Lee and, uh, you know, all these guys. It's amazing. It's, and it, it's like, and, and it's, it's almost like lawless land, lawless, you it. know, uh, that, like, I love it. there's no, no shame. There's no rules, shame, or laws that apply to anything coming nope. out of Kung Fu World. Nope. All right, let's take a quick break and we come back more musing. Musings? Music. Sure, whatever.
All right, that was uh, we played actually a little bit of uh, Kung Fu Super Sounds. Kung Fu Super Sounds uh, from KTEL Records. Uh, sure, why not? That was Don Harper's Troubled Mind. Yes. Very Kung Fu-ish. Suspicious Minds. Yes, yeah, sure, why not? So what were we talking about? Oh, who cares? Movies. Yeah, movies. Yeah, Kung Fu movies. Movies. Movies changing ways yeah. of seeing movies. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And uh, all that good stuff. When they kill Bill, kind of brought Kung Fu back, didn't it? In yeah. the two thousand. Short lived. Seems short lived, but it's I. It like I said, it never goes away. You know. It's like heavy metal. Yeah, exactly. It's always there. Uh, those in the know go find it, and you know I'm sure you have a friend that's kind of a super collector, super fan, yeah, a super yeah. fan, and I I'm not quite that level, but I do like it. I watch a lot of it, and you know, um, I, it, even in my life it comes and goes. Where I'll go through periods where I'll watch a whole lot of it, and then kind of back off, you know, and you, you just kind of like, eh, and then you get back to it again at some point. You know? Yeah, because it becomes samey after a while. You know, okay, here we go. One, you you beat up my school, you killed my master, and now I must get revenge. I mean, you know, I do like revenge movies, so that's one 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 reason why I enjoy these movies. But it does become that the same plot over and over again. Yeah. But you get different actors, you get different fighting styles, you get mm. you get something off the wall. Sometimes you'll get like vans uh, off the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> Checker you get, shoes. Yeah, right. Spicoli. Michael Jackson's <laughs> off the wall. You know, you'll get a lot of off the wall things. You sure, know, but. Why not? Um, you know, it is what it is what it is, but yeah, people like people still like enjoy it. I mean, just the fact that they keep re re you know, doing these kung fu sets, even though they're probably public domain movies, so that's probably one reason why they do, but they sell. Yeah. There's definitely an audience. I mean, they still I mean, up to like I don't know, a few years ago, they still had like a martial arts section at you know BB. Well, that they're, they're like a lot. Now it's action. Oh, they they still do. Have no, a no, lot? not anymore. They, they used to have a lot. They tried to branch out and they overextended. But I used to go up and look through that. They had a whole section, and I used to go look at them, and I bought a whole lot of stuff out of there. There was a certain there was a certain brand that was really I can't remember the name of it. The presentation and the, and it was beautiful. Ground they, they Zero. Were, no. No, they were trying to be like the Criterion of kung fu movies, kind of. Oh, okay. Because uh, I got like a showdown at the at the Cotton Mill and stuff. There's a I got like five or six of them that came out and had like a, a real nice uh, sleeve and like then the, the the DVD in it is really nice with lots of stuff in it. Uh, it was they were nice, but again, you know, they just kind of failed. Well, the no, movies the, the actually com- changed. Company, the strange, they're you know, you know, it's funny because they're like not into it anymore. They just mainstream, you know. Like well, they, they, I guess the we're talking about Best and Buy and appliances. They, their theory was phones. We're gonna go after the expensive stuff, and who cares about the guys that were coming in here every day buying music and movies. Well, you know what I heard the other day, and this is something that I remember talking about to somebody, because there was one store, and now I, I heard Amazon's branching out and is going to start opening bookstores. So maybe they'll start like you know putting bookstores, you know, like in old Borders and movies and stuff like that. That should be an interesting concept. They can do it. And there may be like more of, of availability for kung fu because I really do find it boring to sit on my computer and just look Ugh. through. Through oh what movie do I want to buy or whatever you know I'd rather just walk into someplace see people go out and you know meet people on my way I have, of course I have to fight rival gangs because we are a kung fu show of course and then go get my movie there and come back and watch it but um, yeah so anyway I'm a little bit of digression but back in the day you know there was a big martial arts section at yeah. Best Buy well and there was a then, and just like the drive-in theaters just like ever you have to feed the monster they had to keep cranking these out and that's where you find some of the older stuff. That's what like what like the kung fu movies that were lost forever kind of come around when they need to find stuff and they're like oh, I have these laying around get them and they get them and they do and they do they do a quick uh, you know packaging on them or they do a quick uh, 
revamp where they dub the, the audio up and everything like that, and off you go. You know. Plus, that, you got to take into consideration too that a lot of there's still a lot of martial arts being taught in the U.S. and a lot of people they take their kids and they teach them they take them to a, a martial arts because they don't you know to defend themselves against yeah. you know the the, the, the scourges the, of bullies, the, the, the jerky and kids in school or whatever you know so. That the fact that kids still go to learn martial arts probably causes it. Oh, look! There's a martial arts yeah. movie. Let's watch it. You know, and, yeah, and it does neat. culturally go into different ethnic, you know, areas and stuff like that. So it's it's kind of like everywhere. Kung, I mean, the, yeah, the everywhere. martial arts, the karate stuff that is everywhere. You know, um, I'm kind of glad I waited as long as I did to go. I went as an adult, and um, it meant it was it meant something different to me. If Young Mao would have waltzed in there and become a black belt. Probably would have been bad. Because um, you just would have gone out and tried to beat people. No, up. I don't have... I, well, not that. I was never a bully, but I was also never... I I pushed boundaries of, like, acceptable behavior. Um, not against anybody in particular, but if I would have had that more of a of a, a trained fighting kind of thing, I might have gotten bad a couple of times. You so know? We were trying to say, and I said, you're kind of crazy. Nice way, yeah. yeah nice um, way, and yeah. Uh, there's stories uh, uh, back when I was growing up, but now as an uh, when I went in, you know, as an adult, you have more of a sensible mindset. I was and I was I was also much more studious and dedicated to it, you know. And, and it was cool. It was a good. It was a good time. It was good for me at that time, and it really it was really uh, I really enjoyed it. So, what was it that inspired you to? At a later age, always to wanted there. to. Oh, um, I always kind of wanted to. I was always into. We- I was always really good with the weapons. I was really good with nunchucks. As impractical as they are, I actually even used to practice hitting, um, hitting trees and hitting like the heavy bags, so I knew how to how they're going to come back at me. You know, and I was really fast with them in swords, and I was always really good with a sword. Um, so just it seemed like a fun thing or a good idea to to, to actually you know learn some of the other stuff, learn some of the mo- movements and stuff, and it's good. You know. What what um what uh you know what did you learn Tai Chi? Oh uh, no, uh, it was the Okinawan Shorin Ryu. No Shorin Ryu, oh, okay. uh, right. which is the uh, the same. Remember that the, the Ke- Jim Kelly. Oh, Jim I discovered Kelly, Jim yeah. Kelly was that was his dis- discipline, the exact same lineage. Oh, really? In fact, I, I was like, wow, yeah, okay. exciting, yeah, because we did Death Dimension, and yeah. I and I read and about him because I, yeah, I was like, yeah. wow, that's the same school. That's awesome. That's you know it's surprising because it's it's Okinawan. Uh, martial arts is not very flowery. It's more to the point. Um, it's some stuff like kung fu. Obviously, is there? There's a lot more. Um, I don't want to say flowery, like dance movements. It's almost like it's much more of a, yeah, a yeah, of yeah, a flowery motion. Yeah. Where where some are, like MMA is straight to it. Yeah. And then you know, and then Okinawan is not a lot of wasted motion. It's all every motion is is intended for what it's supposed to do: break an arm, get away, sweep. You know. So and 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 that's the, and it, like uh, it's often said of uh, Steven Seagal, Aikido is not very cinema friendly. Steven Seagal, yeah, yeah Steven Seagal, because it doesn't, um, it just doesn't look. It looks like nothing's going on, but you're disabling somebody. It's, you know, and that's that's part of it. Part of the cinema of kung fu is that choreographed, overextended, over like wow, every punch is super extended and holds for a second and. It's not yeah, real. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. real fighting, you know. Yeah, well, the <laughs> thing about the movies is they have to choreograph it because real fighting wouldn't be either be quicker or it would be like you know not Way as quicker. pretty or uh, you know it would just be like you know oh that was uh, you know that was boring you know. Yeah. I mean, and and even even in in my, in my dojo it was like you know like seventy percent of all fights end up on the ground rolling around. Yeah. So learn grappling. 
Cause, and that, yeah, that, so a lot of time they taught you how to hurt somebody when you're wrapped around them because... Seventy percent of the time, you're gonna end up rolling around on the ground if they're really fighting. And you know? of course, when you're like and watch these movies, and you will see like lady, uh, you know, lady whirlwind fighting a group of people. Um, th- usually, if you're in a fight against a bunch of people, they don't wait their turn. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But also, you usually you can't throw somebody into the sky. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, usually, I've tried, and 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 they, they don't go. And, and I'm like, oh my uh, god, he didn't fly into the sky at all. That's terrible. I just hurt my arm, though. Kind of. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. So true. <laughs> and that's and that's you have to really. I think some people that dislike kung fu because there's people out there that hate it. They have a trouble. I didn't used to be a fan at all. Yeah, they have trouble disconnecting because they're like, well, that's dumb. That wouldn't happen. And you're like, well, that's the point. Like. When you see somebody like throwing them into the oh, into the orbit, you or know, flying in the air, yeah. like, and yeah, you're like, this it, is unreal. They tread that line of how people, how especially kids, when you watch a, kids watch kung fu movies, that's what they want in their brain. That's why they like superheroes. That's why they want to be able to do that. So that makes sense that that guy could just flip fifteen times and land behind him and go, <laughs> and then start pi- fighting again. When you're a kid watching it, you're like, yeah, well, if you're that's a kid so a, cool. Well, you if know? you're a kid on a trampoline out of camera view, you probably could do that. And know? that, like, you know how a kid's brain is like, that's feasible that's and possible. cool. And it's so awesome. Everything, isn't it great to be a kid? Everything is possible. Then the world beats your ass. Yeah, and that's sad. But, you know, and, and that part of what Kung Fu captures is that, is that, like, superhero stuff like where superhero, you're like yeah. wow this guy and he's so he's so mean he can punch a rock Look in half look at this little like, guy he can kick like all these big these guys butts, butts yeah, or whatever it's so cool and and that's why I think part of why it never goes away it never leaves cause just like superheroes or comic books David and Goliath it's or great like that, and it's, yeah. such, it's so cool and righting the wrongs and defending the villages and stuff like that it's very superhero trope it you is know? it and really is so it's it kind of really cool is. Hey, after the break, I got a question for you. Cool. All right. We'll be right back. Bruce Lee is gone, but his supreme style of fighting goes on and on in Goodbye, Bruce Lee, his last game of death. Bruce Lee. He's more than a memory to his millions of brothers of all colors. And now, he's back. Hear Kareem Abdul-Jabbar talk about the mysterious death of his close friend and teacher, Bruce Lee. And see exciting footage of Jabbar and Lee in actual martial arts competition. Goodbye, Bruce Lee, his last game of death. Bruce Lee, the Muhammad Ali of martial arts, who fought his way from the ghettos of Hong Kong and San Francisco to become the most exciting fighting legend of our time. And now, he's back. Terry Levine presents an Aquarius Films release. Goodbye, Bruce Lee, his last game of death. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parents. Oh, good grief. Make way for Corrado, the Hong Kong cat. He's the king of Kung Fu Karate. He's quick as a cougar. Strong as a lion. Fierce as a tiger. And he preys on man. He's coming to tear you apart. The Hong Kong Cat. Rated R. He's wild, man. Hey, 
Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? And we're back. All right. Most annoying sound in the world. I tried to oh, put we it on, played that one. I try to put it on every show. All right. Okay. So uh, my question. Your question. I think Uh-oh. I've asked you this before. I think I may know the answer. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh, stylistically, a great boxer versus a great martial artist. Ooh. Mm. That's... There's, there's, I don't think there's a right answer. Um, I think... A Depends mar- on the person. I think a martial artist only because a boxer is only using half of their weapons. The, you know, their their two hands. But there's some fast, tough boxers. Well, you know. Th- th- see, I've heard the opposite. I've heard a really strong boxer can like get a punch in and just like oh well, know, yeah, annihilate. Well, those, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know. But I always kind of think, okay, when they're jumping around, they'll kick the knees, kick the legs, like if they can get to them. If that's the thing, if they can get to them, Mike Tyson in his prime. I don't really think there's anyone on the world that could have done anything much with him. He wasn't right, and he was really fast and really strong, you know. Well, in, uh, in, in a more recent one, the, the 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 MMA, the woman, the Rousey or whatever, yeah, she got she got shellacked Taken by a boxer. Out. By and a boxer. Some of these guys, some of these boxers are so strong, you can't even really imagine it, you know, like. They punch you. They'll break your rib, and or they'll they'll even get to your liver. They'll, they'll before hit your, you can even and get your, your move. Your liver's like. Oh, and you'll just fall down, and that's the end of it, you know. Um, yeah, when I watched a lot of boxing and, and the MMA and stuff like that, you can kind of see it doesn't look like much. It's just kind of, mess, like, not messy, but, like, a lot of tap dancing around. But some of the the middleweight nut boxers that have that kind of stopping power, you know, they look like they could punch a truck and it would stop driving, mm-hmm, you know. And yeah. so, oh, well, that's a, that is a toughie. Um, I've heard that question before, and I've never really known how to answer it because it, it would be kind of partially, like you said, depends on the person. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the motions and a lot of the things you see on screen are so... I, I watched a, a Jackie Chan interview years and years ago when he was talking about it, about how hard it is if you're a real martial artist to look good on screen yeah. because of that overextension and leave it sit out there for a second so they... so. It looks like you've delivered so much power, you know, and it's it's so it's it's there is a disconnect from real world to the cinema that you see, and even you had said you talked about it saying, you know, it's just dancing, it's choreographed, it's not real, same as wrestling. Now, could a wrestler break your neck? Of course he could. You sure. know, like oh, those guys, could they pick you up and throw you into the world, into a wall? I mean, of course they can. Um, if those moves were real, though, they'd be dead within two seconds, you know. So, you're like, eh. Okay, now now like the big elephant in the room. Oh no. Bruce Lee. Was he was he the reason for why we're doing this show? No. Um this is going to cause a firestorm of hate. I think he was awesome. And 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 I'm going to get that out there and no one's going to listen to that sentence I just said after I say the second sentence. Hmm. He was he's the icon because he died young. Hmm. Same as all, all our other heroes when they die young you don't get a chance to be tired of them. You know, like, you know, like, 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 well, think of all the, you know, uh, yeah, uh, James, yeah, James Dean, Dean, all uh, that stuff. Morrison. Uh, and eventually they would have worn out their welcome and started talking about whatever things that they shouldn't be, arenas they shouldn't be in, and we would have been like, okay, another, you know. He was awesome, though. I mean, he did revolutionize it. He did change it. He was the guy that... He popularized it. Yeah, of course. You know, so 
Again, I'm not talking smack about Bruce Lee. He is he was the icon that kind of brought it to the forefront. But, but don't but don't you think that in the few movies that he did, of course you're right. He did he didn't get a chance to grow old ungracefully. <laughs> you know, it's like on, on the other hand, the the intensity that he brought to me is something that I don't see in hardly any other Nobody. Martial arts people. No, nobody. You know, there was something that was there. Like, he really meant it as opposed to he was acting. Like, I mean, they try to get his vibe, his aura or whatever. But see, he seems to be the one that, like, you know how when you're watching movies, you see an actor or performer, and they get they, they talk to you. They're, you can, they're not acting. They are acting, but they're not acting. They they come straight to you, and you go, wow, this they're, is like, this is the real deal. They're on a different level. This is, Yeah, this isn't just somebody, like, playing. This is got somebody that really means it but he's in a movie and he's like you know but that's it that's 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 to me that was what makes him a cut above oh yeah the rest of definitely them and they and every now and then even now even to this day they try to repackage someone and say the they new, have to the new bruce lee they, they tried it with tony john we're like the world unanimously goes just stop that's not the new bruce lee there was only one of them you know yeah um he was he was of that time he was arrogant. He was, he was an original. He was seventies. He, he was, was hip and character. cool, and he was yeah. He was he was the cat that made it cool, and he was the guy that was really really good, and he lived that whole lifestyle. You know, to me, Bruce Lee is like Sean Connery as Bond. Yep. Or Clint Eastwood, you know, the man with no name, and even John Wayne, an yeah. archetype of of a genre. Yeah. Or or me. Bronson. But yeah, Charles Horse Bronson. Carlos, just, yeah, you know, know, Bella Gosi's an archetype of a. Yeah. Of a genre, so They're that's why I was so saying good that at it that you that you're like, wow, this, this is it. This is that one. You know, this is the Michael Jordan. This is you know, like you're saying. And there's others. There's good ones. But, sure, there's a lot of great martial arts, people. but not. And you know, and there's some that, like there's Cynthia Rothrock, I a, a great uh, martial artist, horrible. Should have never been on no one. Charisma. Nothing. Yeah. There's nothing there. You know, and and not knocking her. She she kicked the back of my head before I knew who who's standing in front of me. But you look at it on screen, you're like, oh, it's a slog. There's no personality. There's no there's no vibrance to her move her scenes. Her, yeah, her who right, she is. Right. So he was that rare combination of everything: everything. skill, charisma, yeah. style. So I guess uh, I should redefine my thing and say, yes, that is the reason why kung fu is here. We're here. You know, I flippantly said no, but you know, it is it, it is true that he had so much. You know, he gave. He so did. Much. He brought a lot. You know, he really did. Because there was guys before him. There was Jimmy Wang Yu. There was even Gordon Lo- Lu- or, Gordon, oh, no, Gordon Lu- Lewis. Lo- was doing movies yeah. before him. Even though he did a few movies, but he was the one that I mean, with the Fist of Fury or the Chinese Connection or whatever the one that came yeah. out. Big Boss. Everybody man. was like, I got to see this movie. But the first one that I think, even though I think the first one that hit big was Five Fingers of Death with Lo Lee. I think that that might, but I could be wrong. But Bruce Lee was the icon. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Definitely. And because then, when once he made the genre, that's when all the cream rose to the top, like the like the Master of the Flying Guillotine and all sure. like somebody that that took that and said we can do it and we can add something else, you know. So yeah, without him, these movies would ne- maybe never would have like yeah. they would have just been an oddity or something. Because it because it formed an industry, and that industry embraced it. Like Hong Kong became. That Kung Fu crazy. Kung Fu crazy. They were and they were churning them out, a hundred a week probably. You know, and they were like shooting at different angles and recutting them. And 
that that was one of the things that was difficult. They they took the porn angle where they just recut six different cameras and made yeah. six different movies and re, yeah. you know one fight scene became four five fight scenes you know in different movies different places different angles and that's like economic economical because each one of those choreographed fight scenes does take a lot of time does take a lot of film take a lot of making sure people don't actually get their nose broken. <laughs> you know what? Which I'm sure happens all the time. Well, Jack, well Jackie Chan broke every bone in his body making it. Yeah, well, yeah, because he's he mostly le- the stunts. Though. He left it out there though. He was really. It's mostly the stunts. I yeah. don't know if he got hurt that bad during the karate stuff, or maybe yeah. he did. But it's mostly like his like crazy antics. So. Yeah, <laughs> and you know that's part of his charm. Um, yeah. You know when you watch that and you see him do stuff and you know he's doing that without a rope. He's doing that wall jump thing that he does. He can do that, and you're like, "Wow, that's really admirable." That's yeah, yeah, cool, yeah. You, know? you really feel the difference between <laughs> when you know it's really the guy doing it, as opposed to like, "Oh, here comes the cut where the stunt man comes in." Yeah. But you, but you can get really badly hurt and die too. Yeah, yeah. This, this, you know, yeah. and and there was always one of the things that with Bruce Lee, especially, they they also had a lot of I don't know if his PR machine or what. There was a lot of like those stories leaked that may or may yeah, not have been true yeah. like the mystique yeah you know, oh he got angry at somebody and after the they yelled cut he smashed a piece of ice and they started fighting and they had a call in you know there's all these like weird stories and you're like i doubt it maybe but it's yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah it's possible because you know, like. there's also like stories of of, of, a, of a bodyguard getting sick of hearing seagal talk and knocking him out you know as seagal got a little bit too lippy and got knocked out you know it's possible. I don't know. You know. You don't. You don't know. Well, yeah. There's a lot of mythology. I'd like to see Seagal get knocked out. He's a he's he's a real jerk uh, uh, on every level. But eh, what are you gonna do? Uh, nothing much. <laughs> You're like eh, nothing, nothing much. Nothing much. To me, Seagal, as good as he is, was will be whatever. He was more of an action hero than uh, yeah than a than martial artist. Art. I mean, he was no. A he's a great martial artist. Yeah. I'm not gonna put that guy down because he can kick my ass, but. <laughs> I think he was more of like a... I don't think he's listening. I, I, probably not. Oh, I'm going to go get that Kung Fu Theater guy. I love him. <laughs> um, oh, I'm going to go get Mao. I'm going to leave Dr. Morbius alone. Thank you. Please. I, br- I bruise easily. <laughs> yeah, I bruise easily. My lawyers can't wait for you to beat me up. Yeah. <laughs> cheat him, cheat him, and how, my lawyers. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, we're out of time, man. All right. All right. Um, well, thanks for listening. Uh, I'm sure we're going to be doing these... Every now and then, because I actually do enjoy this as much as I enjoy watching a movie, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to talk about with this genre. With the, we haven't even got into what, how this shaped like movies, even now, how it's shaping different movies and stuff. So, uh, we'll, be, we'll be doing a, uh, we'll be doing a movie review next. No, week. yeah, yeah, yeah. Next week we'll be doing next week we'll be doing a movie. But um, you know, thanks a lot for listening. My name's Matt with me as always, uh, Doctor Morbius. And next week is going to be my pick. So oh no, beware! Up, beware is correct. I did try to instill a law that it has to actually be a movie, but I don't think Dr. Morbius listened. Here's the Mushroom Song to take us out. There was a mushroom, sad little mushroom. There was a meadow, ready to cry. There was a sparrow, gray little sparrow. There was an eagle, silent and high. And the Lord said, laugh, children laugh, the Lord said laugh, children laugh, the Lord said laugh, children laugh, the Lord said laugh, laugh.
Held in the arms of a world without joy Then there was laughter, wonderful laughter For he created a girl and a boy And the Lord said, oh, laugh, children laugh The Lord said, laugh, children laugh The Lord said, laugh, children laugh Any more like laughing than I do right now. <laughs> 